0: Everyone and welcome back to that first step podcast season two. I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Ashling Vaughan, better known as Coach Ashy V, on today's episode. I met Ash years ago when I started working in Rurden's when I was in UCC studying finance. Roll on a few years, a few trips abroad, living abroad. Ash now is back in Cork after starting up her business living in Australia. A random, what would have been seen as a dilemma at the time, transformed her career and now she's the proud owner of a very successful online coaching business. Today's episode is all about welcoming change and opening up to new opportunities in 2021. We talk all things mindset, transforming your life, not being afraid to take risks and everything in between. So I hope you enjoy today's show. So without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> well, hello welcome to that First Step podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It's so nice to have somebody locally, like, same accent, same, like, you know, (laughs) experience as well. Um, So first of all, if you wouldn't mind giving a quick introduction to yourself, and then we'll get into the questions.
1: Sure. So my name is Aisling Vaughan, or I'm better known as Ash. Um, I'm from Cork, um, and I am the owner of my own online coaching business. Um, It's a women's health lifestyle and mindset online coaching business.
0: I love it and I, I'm already excited. I have so many like questions bubbling up. Um, but I think <laughs> start at the very beginning. What did you want to be when you grew up and what did you study in school?
1: Yeah, so I truly just I didn't have a clue. You know, some people know that like they want to be a doctor, or they want to be a nurse, whatever. I really struggled in leaving start to know what I wanted to do. Um, originally I had settled on physio, so worked my ass off to get the points. I think it was like 585 that year in UL um so worked my ass off got 590 I think and last minute I changed uh my mind completely after a chat with my guidance counselor and decided to do music and arts which is like 300 points (laughs) so um I went with that one and again I spent in UCC that was a three-year course and again though as anybody who has done arts knows when you graduate from arts you aren't really anything (laughs) you know you have an arts degree but you're not like a teacher or you're not in marketing or you know that requires like the post grad step. So again really confused as to what to do next. I was between education to be a teacher or to do a master's in Mancomers, so media and Irish. So again really really hard choice but the education one was two years and the media one was one year so I said I'd do the education one at least if I wanted to add on another year, I could and go back and do media. So um I went to teaching. That's what I did. So I did um an Irish version of the PME, which is like the professional masters of education. And I was a teacher in a couple of Goya cloches in Cork before I moved away.
0: Wow. That's like it's amazing how you know, at the at the touch of a uh, of a button or the change of a second, your whole life can change and from going from physio into teaching, but we'll soon learn Mm -hmm. that teaching obviously is what you've always wanted to do being a coach. So you always had that, you know, Mm -hmm. helping people mindset part of your life you wanted to offer, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, exactly. And some people say, you know, oh like you spent so long in college, it's been five years, you are PME was I don't even know how much it was between like I'm sure the course and accommodation in Galway and everything and they're like, oh, it's such a waste, but not at all. I I strongly believe that every experience you have like stands to you and I use those techniques all the time and those kind of principles in coaching my own clients now, as you would in the classroom, you know, teaching. So it definitely, definitely wasn't a waste. I think it definitely adds to me as a coach and as a person too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the people you meet along the way, they really do have an impact on you long term.
1: Oh, for sure. Like I, I genuinely met some of my best friends. I had the best time in Galway ever because I had lived at home anyway in, in Cork for UCC. So I never actually moved out properly. So I think the master's was like my time to kind of like break away from that and, you know, being in guy for a while and meet like-minded people too. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do it all over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's absolutely great. And then you decided, I want to move away. I've gotten a, a kind of a feel for living at a home, moving to Galway. But I want to mm-hmm. go a step further. What was that first step you took to taking the leap to move abroad?
1: Yeah. So my I had been visiting Australia the year before at Christmas time, and um, I was there on holiday for a month, and I absolutely loved it. And it was always kind of the intention to go back and to live there. So myself and my mate Jen, who I met in school and in Coachford, uh, she went with me, and we just had an absolute ball. The two of us moved off. And you know, got the house, you know, literally started from absolute scratch. You know, when we look back at it now, we laugh because the place we lived in first was like a complete dive. (laughs) Like, we no money, like, we no jobs. We probably spent the first month on like the rantan, you know, yourself, and you go to a new country, you know. Um, but it was, it was literally the the best time ever. And but yeah, a huge change, you know. Like, a lot of the time when you go somewhere, you might have a connection for a job or you know there was there was none of that it was literally starting from the ground up you know between our jobs the house and um, didn't really know anybody there and um, you know so it was it was a massive learning experience and as anybody who like who has been abroad or has lived abroad and you have two Jess but you yeah. know you realize that it's really down to you you know you rather like it'll make or break someone because you know you can't rely on your parents or you know you don't have people around you like you would at home like you have to kind of grow up pretty quick and, and learn how to fend for yourself, I suppose. 100%. I, mm.
0: One of the first podcasts I ever did was um, Leaving Your Comfort Zone. And I think...
1: Mm, I heard
0: that. So yeah, yeah that, that first weekend, I moved to New York that time. My luggage was in London. We didn't get to New York. <laughs> I, I literally, I had no, like my credit cards hadn't arrived in time. I had, you know, oh very little God. money I hadn't gotten paid yet. So it was basically mm. a part-time job from college and I was like I'm in this brand new country I don't know anyone but you have to survive like you have to talk to people you have to go out and meet new friends and it is the best thing you can ever do I think oh for
1: sure and do you know what to be honest like to call a spade a spade living abroad at the start is shit like (laughs) because you've no friends you probably don't have much money you probably don't have the best house ever you don't know the area you're taking the wrong bus for like six months having to get (laughs) off and change and you know you don't know anything you don't know what anything is you know and then once you give it a chance like one or two at least two months then at least you settle in and it becomes your locality a little bit more and you know the bus route and you know where you're going and it gets easier for sure like you know it does
0: take away no it does and even in my case i was spoiled you see because i always lived at home so i think Mm. I. oh my god that must
1: have been a huge change
0: oh yeah i shrank all my clothes and it was summer at least so (laughs) i shrank all my summer clothes so when i left to move to a new country at like three four months later to move somewhere else i think i just threw most of my clothes in the bin because i was like (laughs) they're either after running or the dryer is after eating them or something but in that oh my god it's like it'll make you laugh now, and yeah, the times where you're crying and you're having a shit time. You know what? The yeah. next day is the best day ever because the only way is up. And I truly believe that we're put in exactly. those situations to make us grow. And you absolutely did that in Australia,
1: mm, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I definitely don't think I'd be the person that I am now only for being there, not only for like the experience I got, like, we did a lot of traveling. I lived alone for a while in the middle of nowhere by myself and um, just took a lot of risks with the people that I met um really shaped me and really changed me like the crew I had over there the circle you know both both in I suppose a community aspect you know I was really involved in the Irish scene there you know especially Irish music and um, you know I met a lot of great friends who encouraged me to run and to swim and we had a little morning club going you know for the sunrise swims and just even the people I was working with you know everybody along the way as I said really has an influence on you um and i don't know i don't think i would be as kind of maybe as willing to take risks or put myself out there put myself out of that comfort zone had i not been around the people who were doing that already that was a big thing that i would have i suppose not struggled with but would have never really done was take risks you know and and that was the biggest thing i think leaving the you know inverticama's pensionable job and the teaching um Uh, and and going off and leaving that behind me and a, a permanent job and all the rest I think that was that was the first probably big risk which triggered all of the other ones you know and we're like I am today I suppose you know I'm doing the business and everything so I think it's a skill that you get better at doing you know just growing a pair and you know seeing what happens taking a risk and you know you'll never regret trying something but you'll always regret not trying it I think so I think that was the whole mentality behind Australia and the business and all of, I suppose, all the last three years, really.
0: I actually want people to pause and rewind because that is such a great point. You know, if you've never tried it, like, how will you know? And even if you fall flat yeah. on your face, even if you're broke, like, worst thing, you can always go home, you can always find someone to help you exactly. out. Exactly. But those yeah. are incredible. And, I mean, when I was living, I remember the call I got to go to New York. I rang mm. my mom and crying, being like, as if, like, poor me <laughs> getting punished. And it was the best thing that ever happened yes. to me. Um, And the people I left behind, the relationships I left behind. But, mm. I mean, God only knows what I would have done or how my life would have changed had I stayed in Cork. then yeah. the Masters and UCC mm. that I was planning on doing, I got accepted to. I probably would still have been living in Cork, you know, mm. going out with somebody from Cork. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I yeah. mean, I had people happy in Cork and they've stayed in Cork and never yeah. left. But I yeah. love my life now and it petrifies yeah. me that I wouldn't have had this life. So it's so bizarre, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting you say that. I think people don't, like I never had a notion of going traveling or living abroad, really. Like my, my whole teenage years and even early 20s never really crossed my mind. But, um, you know, I think people don't realize how much they want it or how much they would love it un, until they give it a try you know, I think every, like, until your eyes are opened, everybody's quite happy at home, they're pottering along, they're doing their everyday life, Um, and it might never cross your mind to move abroad, but then when you do, you're like, oh, Jesus, thank God, (laughs) you know, or it just, it opens your mind, and it opens up a lot of opportunities and experiences, and I think until you do it, you don't know how much you wanted
0: it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely, no, I love that, and then you're crying coming home you don't want to come home yeah (laughs) oh for sure (laughs) after a few months (laughs) as (laughs) well yeah i'm so you're in australia how did you start ash grid fit where did that come from how did you go into personal training you know start at the very beginning day one when you had that light bulb moment
1: cool so i was in my master's year well, it was two years in the first year of the master's in inuag I was training for a bikini bodybuilding competition. So I was big into the gym, big into like dieting and fitness. And I had an interest in it, but I did as if I didn't have enough to do doing a feckin' master's (laughs) and doing the bodybuilding competition. I also did a weekend course um, for my personal training cert. So between up and down to Cork and and Galway, training like 13 times a week for that competition and doing the weekend course. and Qualified from it anyway, miraculously. um, and yeah I just really had the passion and interest in it I think and it was never a thing that I really I suppose went about doing with the intention of making it a career I just had the interest and I wanted to know more for myself um and I suppose just get some qualifications something that I was so passionate about you know and that was a major part of my life and then when I moved to Australia um it was going to take a while anyway for my teaching council to be registered and all the rest uh for the teaching over there so I was like sure look why not give gym about again I've nothing to lose I don't have a job anyway and the gym job probably would have paid a little bit more than say your average like shop job or whatever you know starting off somewhere really fresh so yeah I think I got that job like in the first probably two weeks I'm looking for the job and got that and yeah and I just absolutely loved working in the gym and loved the environment loved the clients I was working with and at that point I wasn't working for myself yet I was working under another bloke um, Marco was his name, and he was a fantastic mentor to me. Taught me a lot about, you know, I, that was my first PT job. Genuinely, you know, I probably lied on my CV to get the job. <laughs> um, with my experience, like I've I've always done that, even on J ones and everything. You say you have an experience in X, and you probably don't, but you anyway, know, you can dazzle them with your brilliance afterwards. But um so yeah, that was my first PT job, and sure, he saw straight through me. I'd say he knew, and he taught me so much um And I think that first year was like invaluable because I learned the tricks of the trade from him. I upskilled hugely as a PT. Um, and it just gave me that confidence, I suppose, to be a good coach and to potentially kind of go out on my own then.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And as well, the fact that you said, I'm going to take a chance on myself and take that risk, like you jumped before. Mm. And isn't it amazing how everything happens for a reason? Had you had that teaching certificate in your hand moving there? This might have never happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, Jess, that you said, like, everything happens for a reason. So my, I suppose, me going on my own and my business, that wasn't an intentional um, decision on my behalf. What happened there was um, I went to New Zealand for a month traveling and to meet my sister. And there was a big mix up about visas and the whole lot. And I actually lost my working rights to Australia. So the whole reason of me leaving that job and starting my online business was I didn't have my working rights oh my in gosh. in in the country. So I was kind of I couldn't work obviously officially in a way you know I couldn't work in the gym, and I wasn't just basically sitting at home on a tourist visa at this point and I was kind of twiddling my thumbs and I was like crikey, you know I don't know when I'm going to get my residency. I had applied, was waiting, but I was like I'm not going to sit at home for like six or seven weeks doing nothing. Huh? So I set the wheels in motion to starting that business um and the online business um, and i remember i actually came across it on a notebook the other day and um, that was february i lost i lost say that visa the working visa but um i had written on a notebook you know i'll have my australian residency by march the first and i'll start my business on march the third just kept saying that it was a little affirmation i had kept writing every morning for weeks and lo and behold like at the very end of February, I got um my residency and then I launched the business in the first week of March so yeah. it was really like you know again everything happens for a reason sort of thing because had that not happened like it was a disaster at the time in my mind you know um but I probably would have never gone off on my own or never had you know got that idea to have my own business you know and I was trying to up with options as I also like, oh, sure, look worse comes to worse I'll go to Bali or I'll go to Thailand <laughs> or I'll just <laughs> completely change tack they leave me in somewhere, but um, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, some things that seem a disaster in the moment actually might be, you know, what's best for you or might give you that little push to kind of grow and try something different,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what you're doing now, you're so happy in. And I really want to, I know you mentioned mindset, I really want to go into that because I think people can really, um, you know, use the help of this year, especially the last year, to mm-hmm. go into understanding all about mindset, coaching, how even they can maybe spend some time with yourself. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. use those skills to practice at home for themselves. To yes. They're always coming back to center, you know, coming back to, you know, gratitude affirmations. I mean, I was actually speaking with uh, my friend Alison the other day about meditation mm-hmm. and I'm not a big meditator. I struggle to sit down for mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Whereas I can, mm-hmm. like, if I go to the kettle in the morning, for that one minute it's taken to boil, I can close my eyes and say, today's me, good, <laughs> Have this. Like yeah. I have mini meditations I think throughout the day, every time I go. To yeah, the- well, that's just as good. Yeah. yeah, that's just as good when you need it. But um,
1: yeah, I suppose the biggest, like the biggest thing when I set up about doing my own business I I wanted to turn how females were coached completely on its head because I wanted to do an approach that never existed for me or that I never had the chance of trying or learning um, and applying so I suppose you know when I was training for the bodybuilding competition and when I was first starting the gym it was this is your gym plan this is your diet this is your four meals and your snack that you're going to have for the next six weeks apply this and you're going to lose weight it was never um an education or it was always missing that life skill element of it and I think that's a big problem in the industry at the moment is well for forever I think but you know giving people diets or meal plans to follow but never actually giving them the life skills to do it for themselves and to be independent afterwards and I suppose that's where the whole teaching background came in is like my whole passion is making people Independent for themselves for the rest of their lives. And, you know, the, the mindset and the approach, that was always something that was missed. And a big, way, like a big part of the way I coach the girls is reflective practice. Again, coming from the teaching masters. So it all kind of ties in. But, you know, again, giving people the life skills around the food and, and the knowledge. And a big part of women's coaching is I would say 90% of women's issues with food is behavioral. And emotional you know whether it be um emotional eating or binge eating or you know stress or anxiety turning to food for comfort but you're given a diet and you're said right well follow this but you're never taught how to deal with the problem you know instead of maybe turning to food for comfort or whatever you need to you know not to go too much in depth with it but find your trigger and deal with it another way like as you said Jess like your meditation or your journaling or you know your breath work and once women can nail that and get to the the roof problem they'll never have to die it again so they're never you know wanting to follow diet for the rest of your lives their lives and that's the biggest problem the whole on off the wagon and you know oh I'm good this week I'm bad next week
0: mm.
1: when really it should be a lifestyle and it should be life skills that you know women have for themselves for the rest of their lives but they can also teach their daughters and their own families because like we don't want our daughters to be on Slimming World or Weight Watchers or God, no. you know fad diets or anything like that. So I think it really is genuinely a skill to have, I suppose, and that's that's how I'm different as a coach, I suppose. I never had that, and and that's what I want for my clients. And and the the mindset, as you said, the correct yeah. mindset around it that you're doing it out of a, a place of self love and you know wanting to self improve, to lose weight and get healthier and learn about food and learn about what you need as opposed to out of a place of self hate where you just want to lose weight or you hate the way you look or you know you want to kind of punish yourself in that sense
0: i literally want to wrap all of that up and like give it a big hug because what you said <laughs> of, honestly right two things the first thing my pet hate i'm going to go on a bit of a rant now <laughs> my pet hey girl. Hate. we all need one When <laughs> <laughs> i see on instagram guilt-free dessert guilt-free oh, please, yeah. e- um treat. Um like yeah. influencers um and people on Instagram. I suppose everyone's an influencer yeah. on the internet, aren't they? Because we're all influenced by what we yeah. see. So we're all influencers right. bad. But when I see guilt free this, all of a sudden you're tying this negative connotation to what or yeah. you know, and I don't think any food is cheat, any food is good, any food mm. is bad, any food is, you know, guilt. I eat chocolate yeah. every single day. I think I would be an absolute awful a cranky human being if I do <laughs> but I don't even borrow chocolate you know what I mean yeah I'm very much like I eat whatever I want but little and often but that took a long time so... for me because when I was younger I did have issues with food I had mm-hmm. issues with control if you will and that's going mm-hmm. back to emotional or behavioral eating I know mm-hmm. myself now whenever I'm anxious or stressed because I can't control anything else I control my food hands down Mm. i know that for a fact Mm -hmm. but i am now educated enough and i'm aware enough that if i am ever getting stressed or anxious i can say jess you're not going to control by not eating you're going to control by you're actually driving to the shop controlling all the beautiful food you're going to buy you're going to cook it all Mm. and sit down with no phone again controlling your environment yeah enjoy it and then you're satisfied absolutely Yeah, for sure. But I think not everyone, unfortunately, can do that. And there's going to be times when everyone eats too little, eats too much. It's all a balance. But what you're saying there about that kind of coaching mentality is so key. And before we kind of get more into that, because I really want to focus on that, I love that kind of of conversation. Mm. When you were bodybuilding um, bikini, did you ever feel like your mentality changed or other people in the industry also maybe struggled with that?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. 100%. Like my mentality around myself and food and I suppose like it was hardcore. And I suppose if you have a particular goal, you have to have a certain amount of tunnel vision. Um, and, you know, you're working very much towards that and you're focused. But I, I wanted a challenge. That's the reason I did that. But in hindsight, I would have been so much better off if someone gave me a bike, if someone gave me half marathon to run, if someone was <laughs> like go off and do a triathlon there, you know. It was a very destructive way to challenge, challenge, like challenge myself, I suppose, and to channel that energy. And I wanted to tap in, I suppose, and how far I could push myself and how much I could, I suppose, be at the top of my game, but in the wrong way. It was a completely wrong way. I know this now, but I didn't at the time because everybody I followed on Instagram maybe or everybody that surrounded me in the fitness um, industry, I suppose, or in the gym... They were all exactly like that. That's what they did. They rather did photo shoots or competitions. I wasn't exposed to, you know, the ultra running or, you know, triathlons or anything like that. And I just think it was just presented to me, oh, Usher, sure. why don't you do a shoot? Um, why don't you do a competition? It was like the next step, but it completely ruined my relationship with food. And, you know, the whole obsession with training twice a day for six days a week or whatever, it it really took from, I suppose, I don't know, it was a drastic, say, my enjoyment of life for a couple of years because I was so consumed with what I was eating. I didn't go on nights out in college because I was training in the mornings, training in the evenings. I was very focused. Um, And I suppose it just kind of robbed me from certain experiences that, like, I gave up alcohol completely um, for, I would say, about nearly a year um, while I was in college. Like, that's unheard of. (laughs) You know, like especially if you're in Cork in college on college roads you know not going nights out or not drinking whatever it's I suppose it was just out of place for the time of my life that I was in um now if I was to do it again I would again because what I learned and the person I became and the struggle I had to dig myself out of that mindset of that position is exactly how I'm such a great coach now and exactly how I can advise people I know exactly what I know exactly what people are thinking, you know, when they get hung up about a bad meal or, you know, when they don't feel like they're doing well, or they, you know, feel like they can't really get the gist of something. I know how they feel. So I know exactly what to say to help them and to help them move forward and to tell them to give themselves a break. Because a lot of my job is instilling confidence in people who don't have confidence in themselves and who don't believe that they can do something. That's my job. I'm a mentor and I, people in a way, are paying me to believe in them when they don't believe in themselves to do something. So again, yeah to answer your question in a roundabout way. <laughs> it seriously damaged that mentality I ever had around food and my body image. Um, but again, it comes down to mindset. I'm over 20 kg heavier now than what I was on stage, but I have never been so confident in my body and who I am and who I am as a person. Then I was 20 kgs lighter, absolutely ripped and shredded on on a stage, you know.
0: That's amazing. I, I love that. I really do. And you're so right. Funnily enough, um, this sounds hilarious, but uh, my dog, <laughs> again, back to my dog, my dog gets fed based on what she weighs. And earlier yeah. on, my mom was saying, you're not feeding that dog enough. She's awful skinny. And I said, no, she's supposed to be fed this because this is what her weight is. So my mom said, no, she hasn't yeah. been weeks. So she said go on the weighing scale with her and then go on the weighing scale without her. Yeah. Her weight. Yeah. I actually don't I can't tell you the last time I weighed myself. And I got a fear,
1: right.
0: which is so irrational. Oh, stuff. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm a size six to eight, like a UK six to eight, you know, I'm yeah. i you know, I'm five foot six, like that's my build. Yeah. I'm like 25 30, like you know, that's my gene size. And but at the same time, yeah, I'm on the weighing scales, so I was like Oh God, I hope it's not over 60. And then I went on. Yeah. 63 kg at 5 p.m. at night. But <laughs> I, I couldn't care less. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Exactly. My clothes fit me. And it's just a number. Mm. I feel like I'm 28 now. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have eaten dinner. I wouldn't have had breakfast in mm. the morning. But now I'm like, Yeah. what's for dinner? I'm starving. Like, I think, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of us, maybe when we're younger, when we're more vulnerable and naive, we do experience that. And now that we're oh, settled here, I'm delighted that I'm really confident in my body. Obviously, there's days where you have hang-ups, there's days where you mm-hmm. like you look in the mirror and you feel rubbish. You've worn leggings for ten weeks because of lockdown. You're free. First- <laughs> <laughs> you know, are all of these things. But at the end of the day, I am so blessed that I'm you know I have functioning limbs and that I'm healthy. Absolutely. And, you know. I'm able to get up and weigh myself, jump off, and go down and cook dinner or whatever. And mm. what the service you're offering, Ash, is so paramount to young women, or, or women of all ages, because unfortunately, yeah. we do go through those struggles, mentally. And it's yeah, very, very yeah, receptive.
1: Yeah, you Yeah, you're dead right. And you know, it's not even younger women. I even find that, not, not the trickiest clients to work with, but the, the clients that it takes most work to reverse what they've learned, you know around the whole diet culture or around you know uh good foods bad foods um I'm good and bad this week are the fourth like the older older women of my cohort who were in their 40s or maybe their early 50s because I think um the diet culture back then was extreme you know you had the Atkins 5-2 the five, um, five, whatever it is I don't even know half of them <laughs> um but like you know because it was very very much a thing then at least I think well, now there's a lot more education out there. You know, girls are training because they want to be fit and they want to be strong um, as opposed to just starving themselves, you know. I think, I think it's come around the whole body positivity movement is getting better. Um, but, yeah, you're dead right. You know, just, just as important for the older ladies than it is, you know, the, the 18 or 19-year-olds, you know.
0: Yeah. And so amazing what you're doing, but can we actually kind of explore... You started your business. How have you even got clients to begin with? Because I'm sure people listening who want to maybe set up a coaching business like yourself. Yeah. we are like, I'm in lockdown. I want to do online coaching. Where do I begin? If you could even take us through a few of those first steps that you took.
1: Yeah. So I would not recommend anybody <laughs> do what I did. So instead of saying what I did, I've actually come up with a few pointers on what you should do. Love it. Let's get um, Well look Jess I genuinely didn't know what I was doing when I first started my business it's funny I was actually looking back on my Instagram archives and looking at the my business is going to be two years old in March and this (laughs) is coming yeah so I was just looking back it was March 2019 I think and I just remember looking at the snaps there earlier and I was like what was I saying what was I doing I was so boring to listen to on Instagram and you you just learn so much you know but truly I didn't know I was at you know I had none of the kind of business education that I needed I was a fantastic coach um, at the time and still loads to learn and everything but I I could get clients really good results but as far as running a business was concerned I didn't know my arse from my elbow (laughs) genuinely so the first thing I suppose is to know what you want from your business you know the whole reason that maybe someone wants to be an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or to have their own setup is to give you quality of life and to give you stuff that you won't have when you are working for somebody else i.e. freedom of time freedom of money having more of an impact in running your own show now along the way that can get very skewed because you get so obsessed with working in your own business wanting to get it to the level um, and you lose touch with that, I suppose, original idea of, you know, allowing yourself time off, allowing yourself to take money from the business or, or X, Y, and Z. So I got to a point where, yes, I was running my own business, but, you know, especially in the gym, when I started off running my own business, I was on the gym floor, maybe 12 hours a day. And then I'd go off and play a gig that night. And, you know, you left the house at 5am in the morning and you weren't back till maybe 11.30 and you did it all over again the next day. and I lost sight of why I wanted to run a business because I was working so hard. I was driving myself into the ground. I wasn't taking time off to step back and say, right, what's the situation here and why is this not working? Um, Because as we both imagine, that's not maintainable or that's not sustainable. Um, So you have to work smart as opposed to working hard, as I'm sure you know in sales and everything. But that's the biggest thing. Know what you want from your business, you know? and really you know know what you want I suppose know what impact you want to have on on people's lives you know even at the start of my business I wasn't focused on that I was focused on okay how can I make money (laughs) um which I suppose is a valid thought when you know you can possibly lose the shirt off your back when you're starting a business if you don't do well at the start but I'm a firm believer that if you provide an exceptional service and if you provide an exceptional results for your clients, the money will come with that. Because if you put your clients first, if you put your service first and you focus on getting them exactly the solution to exactly what they're struggling with, you will get, not only will you get social proof to show other potential clients that, you know, you are extremely good at your job, but you'll also get lots of referrals and the money will always come if you focus on putting people first and your clients first and really having their best interest at heart and giving them an exceptional result, the money will come, come after that. And I think that's the biggest thing that I didn't know um, at the start of my business. But the other thing I would say is have a mentor because, you know, they say it takes a wise man to learn from his mistakes, but an even wiser man to learn from other people's mistakes. So why not? Yeah, like why not? Get somebody who is in the same or who is in the position now that you want to be in the future and basically get them to mentor you to the point of success. It's the very same, whether it be in business or whether it be in losing weight or health and fitness, it's the very same thing. I think having a mentor it takes the guesswork out of it. It takes the potential of failure out of it. And they will give you the direct plan to get to exactly where you want to be. And yes, you are going to pay for it. You know, business mentoring can be expensive, but the return you'll get is second to none. Like I know from having my own business mentor, my business has quadrupled since going on board with him, and I genuinely don't think it would be where it is only for his help and for his guidance. Um, so so that would be the other thing, I think, you know, having a mentor, but and always focusing on what impact do you want to have on people's lives as opposed to what money you want to earn?
0: Yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. And even, you know, in sales, I can't really, I work in, in my particular company. I have a postcode in a territory, so I can't, mm. an employee can't, I can't go outside that. So I can't exactly yeah. approach anyone, but there is an element of cold calling and prospecting in there too. But I mm-hmm. always say to my potential customers in the first call, you know, we're going to have a call now at the end of this call, if you don't want to, you know, implement this software, if you don't want to work with me, that's fine. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Because in six months' time, yeah. I don't want you sending me emails every day, upset and annoying me, and causing me admin and headaches. And they always laugh. Yeah. <laughs> they always laugh. But yeah, they they're transparent and that open honesty that you give with your potential mm. partner, it's intriguing because you're it's the same sales, mm. kind of salesy manner, saleswoman that we all kind of having our heads goes out the window and mm-hmm. so you're kind of disrupting the flow. And then they yes, yes. Oh, wait a sec. I can, I can say no now and it's fine. Actually I don't want mm-hmm. to say no. I kind of, you know what? It makes sense to go this way. And then it starts a good relationship. So you being honest with your clients, you being honest with yourself and also starting with why Simon Sinek is a fantastic author and his books start with mm-hmm. why I love it. Cause he's like, if there's no why, you know, why do it? And, you did that, Ash. That's fantastic. And I'm really now interested to hear, you left and came back to Ireland. Number one, why did you do that? <laughs> and number two, how did that impact your business and impact your growth plans for your business? And just like your business goals in general. Yeah,
1: so I suppose I'm lucky in the sense that I can, like yourself, I can work from anywhere. You know, when you're working online. Um, you have the freedom to kind of move from country to country. Now, when I was moving moving, in Verticama's home, I didn't quite go with the mindset of, and I still don't have the mindset of, I've moved home, genuinely. You know, Australia is my second home, you know, and I can come and go luckily because I'm, I'm a resident there and there's there's nothing to say that in the future I won't go back for a while or, you know, things always change. So I don't think it actually disrupted um the business as such I don't think it did like you know not to be bringing COVID into or anything but I I suppose it's given me the opportunity like Australia aren't in lockdown at the moment we are but I suppose it just gives the opportunity of focusing more on what you can do and me running my business exceptionally well is something that I can do in COVID because maybe you're not distracted with stuff or you know and I think the clients I'm working with now they really need me like you know People in lockdown, you know, it's a bit of a struggle. People are struggling with, you know, mental health issues, keeping themselves fit and healthy, having routine, working from home. It's a big adjustment. And I think having somebody there to help you with that is huge. And, you know, when I say to clients, potential clients, again, Jess, on the phone, that, you know, if you work with me, this is the final solution. You know, it will change your life. And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, they're like, I roll, like, it will, yeah. And, you know, people always come back to me and they're like, you're right. Oh, that that feeling. Yeah, they're like, you know, it really did completely change my life and everything, everything I think, you know, even my relationships, how I work professionally. And, you know, I'm thinking of all these things that I want to do and I can do and I want to achieve that I've never thought of before, only for, for working with you. So I think it's given me the opportunity to work with people who I suppose really needs need the service as well, you know. Um, yeah. And I suppose maybe being in Ireland has made that a little bit more accessible to people. And I think actually, funny one, people would, um you know, when I actually moved home, people got in touch with me and they're like, oh, you know, I always wanted to sign up with you, but you were in Sydney. And I was like, but sure, it's an online business. <laughs> like, I don't think they got that they could work with me because they were in Cork and I was in Sydney. I think maybe the time zones they are worried about or um or the logistics um but you can like anybody in the world I have clients from canada some of them in the uk the netherlands america australia of course cork like they're everywhere you know but i, I don't i don't think it was hugely disruptive to to the yeah. business at all actually moving back
0: that, that's amazing and um, i suppose then a, a question i have i'm just intrigued as well when you then had your business, you had a few clients, how did you sit down and write your plans or write your potential packages and then also price your packages? Because I'm sure people starting any business aren't sure how to design their service and design their offering and then also make sure they're not overcharging or undercharging. How did you kind of come up with all that?
1: Yeah, I think there's a a few elements there, Jess. You know, um, you're given this, in the marketing, right? If you're learning about marketing, you're like, oh, you know, there's three price points there's the high ticket, there's the middle offer, and there's the low one. And, you know, if most people are going to hit the middle one, <laughs> and that is what most people that you're going to direct most people to. I like the very same thing. I started off like that, you know, three options in, in my packaging, whatever. But again, I totally flipped that on its head and I said, right, to hell with the packages, to hell with the marketing rules. Let's get like, let's get people to get a solution you know, forget about, you know, the, the three different options or the tiers, like, because genuinely some of those options wouldn't have given people the final solution. Like when you work with me, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And sometimes people ask me, you know, like, can I just get the nutrition? Can I just get the workouts? Can I just be accountable with you? And I'm like, no, because my job to you, my responsibility to you as a mentor is to get you the result that you want. So if we're working together, you know, I'm looking at your exercise, I'm looking at your eating, I'm looking at what you're thinking, I'm looking at, you know, the stress levels you have, I'm looking at your sleep, I'm looking at your relationship with your boyfriend, I'm, you know, looking at your your atmosphere at work, and um, it's the whole package. So I thrashed that idea. I said, you know, I'm going to have one package, it's going to be a take it or leave it approach, and I think that became easier as I gained more confidence in myself as a coach, obviously. You know... I'm at the position now where I'm lucky enough that I can pick and choose my clients. You know, I jump on a call with everybody and have a chat to them. And if I think they'd be a good fit for the program. And if I think I genuinely can get them a cracking result, I'm like, you're in, but if, if somebody, you know, wants to train seven days a week, wants to follow a strict diet plan, I'm like, I, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm not the coach for you. And I'll refer them on, you know, or, you know, if they, if they're not a good fit, I, I won't take them on board um so i suppose as you get more confident as a coach and you know when you know how good you are at your job i think it's easier in a way to be like this is the package this is the price take it or leave (laughs) it," you know and and even though it sounds a bit um harsh maybe or whatever but that that's that's the way you're going to get your clients results you know in in that sense but um yeah and look the pricing is the pricing is hard too but I th- I believe in you know you get what you pay for and um, mm-hmm. it's funny because you know my dad has this mentality and I always questioned to grandpa like why does he do this like <laughs> so like he'd walk into a shop but they could be like three or four we'll just say he's going looking for oh I don't know like a shaver like a clippers yeah and there's three or four of them on the shelf and he would always pick the most expensive one you never look at the box or He'd never like you know see the different features whatever he'd automatically go in get the most expensive thing because his mentality was if you are paying decent money for something if you are investing something and it's worth the extra few bob it's going to be good yeah. you are going to get what you want it's going to work <laughs> as opposed to getting some cheap old thing you know and it's very common in the in the coaching industry as well you know that the quick fix and the quick fail you work with a the coach they bring you on for six weeks. I don't care what anybody says, you cannot influence a person's life in six weeks. They are interested in catching the check, taking your money, putting you through the system, and good luck and thanks. Like, you know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So I'm a firm believer in pay good money, whether it be for coaching, whether it be for business coaching, whether it be for your eyebrow lady, whether it be for getting your hair done, um, pay good money and get a good get a good service and you know i've I've had women who have paid you know on and off throughout their lives for different pts different coaches slimming worlds this fat thing that fat thing and i swear to god they'd have paid three times as much yeah you know in entirety had they just paid a decent amount of money in the first place to to have a coach you know and to work with them on a on longer term and get the, the final result i suppose
0: yeah, no, I completely agree. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody recently. Um, they were talking about swimming, swimming worlds, not swimming worlds, swimming worlds. And they were saying, like, my diet is probably really, really high in fat. Because um, I probably eat an avocado a day. And they're like, oh, that's like seven sins. Or I don't even know what that means. And I said, no. I eat things that don't have packaging, that doesn't say the nutritional information on them because I'm plant mm-hmm. I feel really healthy and maybe I have loads of fat every day but I'm I'm healthy for it like I love my diet and lifestyle suits me Mm -hmm. for my body and it might not work for everyone else and I think that I love how you're not a one-size-fits-all you're not a this is you know what should work you need to eat these foods you need to cut out these foods and I mean Mm -hmm. I don't believe anyone should cut out a food group I just don't like meat and I'm allergic to dairy so Mm -hmm. i'm limited to the more plant-based lifestyle but i love it Mm -hmm. but in saying that i don't think anyone should fully cut out any particular food group because i think there's elements of everything like i need to supplement for b12 i need supplement for Mm -hmm. vitamin c and things like that but you know a good diet food is medicine you don't need supplements so you know I mean, you look at that as well with your clients and really get to know as well their lifestyle what makes them you know if they're mothers if they have to work around their kids how do they work around that schedule absolutely so full thing don't you yeah for sure and it has
1: to be like I actually think there's a hit man out for me from somewhere world <laughs> like because <laughs> I've actually saluted it so much and like I don't have anything well, I actually don't, I do have something against them. Let's call a spade a spade because it's damaging. And that mindset, as you said, Jess, of associating with certain foods, with sins, which is a terrible word, uh, word to put on something anyway. But, um, and just that, you know, cutting out the food groups or whatever. Um, I totally agree. It has to be, it has to fit into someone's lifestyle. Like if, if you cannot see yourself doing something for the next 40 or 50 years, Which is very much the case for anybody in their 20s or 30s. If a girl comes to me, she's in her 20s, like there's another potentially touch wood, like 60 years of her life left of eating and moving and thinking. So it's important to get it right. Like, you know, it's there's a long, long time there to to be applying all these skills. But if you cannot see yourself doing something for the rest of your life, well, don't go there. You know, my firm believer, my firm. I suppose thought or ethos that I have is a little bit of what you fancy. Because, you know, in the real world, you can get a diet or you can cut something out, but you will go for a dinner out with your colleagues or your friends or a birthday party. You will be on holidays. Um, you know, you won't have access to fats for your keto diet on, you know, a night out or whatever. And, like, <laughs> straight away, if you limit yourself to not having stuff, you're going to be in the, put in the position where you will have to have it if you know you're eating in a restaurant or if there's a buffet or whatever. And you know that's a failed attempt. Straight away if you've cut out carbs and you're somewhere where there's just sandwiches at the event you're gonna eat the bread. You're gonna be starving. You're gonna eat the bread and then straight away you're like, oh well that's the diet Um and you feel terrible for having a bit of fucking sliced pan or something. Like it's not good. Um so it has to be and again, you know, mothers making meals for their their children like the last thing on earth they need is to go away and make themselves something separate. They have enough to be doing between, you know, moms are working, they're busy, they've kids. It's enough to make one dinner, not to mind a special dinner um for yourself. So that's where the whole, you know, portion sizes has come in. And like let's face it as well, we're all women, you know, in our twenties and thirties, like we love brunch, we love wine, we love chocolate, we love date nights. <laughs> like they're important for enjoyment in life. And if you can see yourself not doing any of those things that's a pretty grim life to to lead and that's the life i led for for two or three years like i joke about this but like i remember eating protein bars in nightclubs because i was hungry and i wouldn't get a takeaway after or um mm. like i remember like um what else i'm sure i did some crazy shit. altogether, like you know <laughs> you know bringing my food on holidays Um, you know not going to a restaurant because there wasn't something that I needed on the menu and like that's no life for anybody you know it's
0: just impractical if anything else so um and then eat such a long term and I think that's the problem long term mm -hmm. it messes with your head and I mean none of us see our body for how it looks in my opinion Mm -hmm. I look at my body and I see something somebody else might look at my body and see something else another person might see something else mm. and it's very important as you said to look in the mirror every day and be happy and proud of the body that you live in and the person that you are and I really think mm-hmm. it did take breaking my leg two years ago to really be appreciative of what my body can do mm. and not just look at it as an aesthetic or I, I have to be this side or the other I'm like my body allows me to make a cup of tea because For ages, I couldn't make a cup of tea because I couldn't fetches and bring the tea to the table. So all those things. Um, unfortunately, I had to do like it wasn't. I didn't do it on purpose and break my leg on purpose, but um, (laughs) that experience really. That's one way of doing it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Um, it really taught me so much about myself, and it really made me proud afterwards of what my body could do. And going to physio and going to the gym just to make myself stronger, so I could be Mm. functional. And that when I'm older, mm. I have a functioning body that hopefully one day can look after myself and my family. And that's super important. Yeah. Um, Ash, I know yeah. i have been yapping for so long, but I, I'm really loving this conversation. Um, <laughs> if you could kind of, you know, talk us through maybe what, you know, you've done in the last six months that you've, you know, have growth plans and your growth plans for the future with Ash Griffith
1: yeah so actually would you believe that that grit fit, um company i had i suppose was that started in the gym so since then i've kind of gone to a, like a, a personal brand so i don't really kind of i suppose use that anymore it probably still is in my email just because i'm so disorganized and i don't have that right <laughs> you probably read that there but um yeah no i just literally i just have my instagram which is um coach underscore ashy v a s h y v that's what i use basically but so that's the kind of i suppose mode that i'm in now but the big thing um for me moving forward um is i'm constantly updating um and reflecting and reassessing the business and the results that i get for people and and the approach um so you know in the last six months even there's been huge changes you know we now have a Facebook support group for the girls it was a lot of it was one-to-one you know where I'd be dealing with people on a one-to-one basis now it, it still is one-to-one the plans are very much one-to-one and personalized but there is a community element to it so that is one of the favorite parts of my business that I've, I've really I suppose introduced in the last six months was the Facebook group so, you know, all of the girls that I coach, they're all on there. And, you know, we have our Motivation Monday. We have our Win Wednesdays, our Reflection Fridays. You know, there's recipes go up there. There's playlists for running go up there. We have a Women Who okay. Run Club. Um, and all of the girls know each other now, you know, and they all, they see each other's struggles. They're like, right, you know, I'm not the only one who's struggling with this. They know it's a part of the journey. They support and help you through, the, through it. They comment on each other's wins. They like them. You know, they're a real... I suppose it's just a community, a really, really good women supporting women kind of group in a sense. But And as well as that, we have Zoom calls. So live Zooms twice a week where we all jump on, have the chats, you know, what's going well, what's not going well, and, you know, give a training on the things that aren't going well, you know, the solutions to the problem that week. That has been a great addition because, again, the girls know each other, and especially in lockdown and COVID, it's been such a great outlet for people because, you know, you can't join... group class now we're very limited to the people that we see in lockdown you know evenings in January when it's dark and cold and wet outside are boring you know so at least you know if someone's like okay we have a zoom tonight we can go on and have the crack have the chats you know if I have an issue if I have a worry I'll say it on the zoom five more will be thinking the very same thing as me and we'll all learn from it and we'll get the problem solved straight away like that's been a great addition that I haven't had before either and it's been working really well but for the the next six months um it'll be more of that, really building um the group, building the community, you know, looking at how best we can um I suppose just advance the whole thing and getting and getting extremely good results. Like if anybody looks at the the Instagram page, whatever, you know, they'll see rather, you know, before and afters or video testimonials, whatever from clients, but just really having the solution at I suppose in the main focus, but from a business logistics point of view, I need to I suppose, scale a little bit. Like, I, the next step for me now would be getting a team together. Like, you know, I have my accountant, um, I have my mentor, but now maybe potentially, you know, outsourcing some work. You know, I do everything myself, you know, with the Instagram or, you know, making my videos or making the, the graphics. I may, maybe need to shift that off to, you know, a graphic designer or a videographer or, you know, I used to do all my accounts myself, now I have my accountant. Um, you know, slowly gifting tasks (laughs) gifting inverted commas gifting tasks to people who are probably much better at them than I am and using my time to do what I'm excellent at putting more time into coaching putting more time into you know um helping and influencing and and working what I'm really good at and spending less time the shit that I'm not so good at like iMovie or um you know the accounts Um, and it's a hard thing to do it's a hard thing to let go of your your baby and give that responsibility to somebody else but it has to be done anybody who is running a business knows that you know you have to in order to scale and free your time up for potentially more clients you have to give away some jobs you know and you'll know that yourself probably from work too
0: absolutely and one thing that I love that you said there I'm excellent at and I think we need to say that more like you said, I need to focus on things I'm excellent at. And I love that because it's, mm. it's not arrogance. It's, you know, I know that because I've worked on my craft. I've honed my skills. Mm. I have proven testimonials mm. that I'm impacting people's lives, which is amazing. You know, and I think have a job that gives you that satisfaction. You're passionate about it. You can tell by the way you're speaking. You are, I'm sure every time a woman comes back to you and says, thank you. You can feel it, and you know what? As well, in those video testimonials, Ash, you can see the mental impact. You can see the physical, yeah. but the mental impact you have had on these women is just amazing, spectacular. So I'm so, I'm so proud of that. Like, well done, you. Yeah, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, no, and that's the that's the big thing as well. You know, is I suppose me saying that people might pick that up as being arrogant or whatever, but no, as no. women and women, women are a killer for this race. <laughs> the men will do it men will do it all the time and i'm not a feminist now right i'm not a raging one like going all the bras or anything like that right but, like I, I do believe though that women really undersell undersell themselves you know um and teaching people how to speak like that about themselves which is a massive part of the course like you know even the mindset work that we do the very first thing they'll do is they'll write their vision for the how they want to look how they want to feel and how they want to think and be um and then the next one is writing about limiting beliefs. You know. people have limiting beliefs around themselves as to why they can't lose weight or why they can't do x y and z and changing them to empowering ones and you know like your self-assessment body confidence all the rest so you're working constantly on how you talk to yourself and how you see yourself you know i suppose it is an an alien thing or a strange thing for someone to say like oh i'm i'm excellent at or whatever and especially irish people we are so um like humble or like we never take credit for ourselves you know or if someone gives you a compliment you're like i should go away like no no like you know <laughs> but i think people need to own that a little bit more and especially women and women in business you know like i know like the, the the business mentoring group that i'm involved in um there's about i think 160 probably of the best coaches in in europe and abroad too in that program but there's there's another level up again where you have to kind of qualify for it but you know i set my mind to to reaching that one but and I did, but I am the only woman out of 30 men in that group. And I genuinely think it's because like women never, they, they undersell themselves a lot. You know, I had to, I suppose, sell myself and believe in myself to get into that group. Um, and in a sense, you, you have to put yourself forward for opportunities. Like you going to New York, whatever, you know, you have to, you have to grab opportunities and put yourself forward for stuff. Like as my mother would say, a brass neck in a way you know ask for opportunities put yourself forward to them the the worst that's going to be said is no (laughs) and you know and the best case scenario we all know you know so I think women have to start getting better at that for themselves you know men most times they're not will put themselves forward for a promotion um whereas women will say oh they don't have the skills maybe don't have enough experience and you know maybe I won't be good enough at the role maybe I shouldn't you know that's self-talk and that's self-belief and that's limiting beliefs in a in a lot of ways.
0: That that's amazing and you're so right. I actually read a statistic recently that even if there's ten job um, you know, you need to have these ten things to be um able to go for this promotion. If men have mm-hmm. five out of the ten, men will go for it. If women yeah. have nine out of the ten, they won't go for it. And that when I read that, yeah. I was like, that is so true. And the fact is as all well, Ash you can impact women's lives and say go for it as you said every lesson or every experience you'll learn from it it's a lesson Mm -hmm. so whether it's good or bad you're winning anyway because you've learned and I very much believe that exactly and you know sometimes people are like oh you know I
1: they don't want to do something because they they say well what, what if it doesn't work out or what if it's the wrong decision or what if it's not for me well then that's a, a wonderful outcome too because at least you know it's not for you and you've you know crossed that one off the list you know <laughs> and and as as my good friend paul said to you before you know like you know if i was ever making decisions of like oh well you know what if it's the wrong one or you know what if i made the wrong decision he's like well that's fucking fantastic because that's one thing out of the way you know that was the wrong decision and you, you now it opens up to the possibility of you know choosing something else like that's that's um I suppose, another avenue explored. You know it's not for you. You know it didn't work out or you know you didn't like it. So great. You're one step closer to getting into something that you absolutely love.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks so much. I'm actually learning so much on this. I really, I'd love to do <laughs> a podcast with you purely on mindset because I think you have so much to offer. Um, but I, I'm always like, podcast should be a certain length. And this is over, but I love it. I keep wanting to talk to you. Um, so oh, you're all good. Before we wrap up, right? Two questions, please. Yeah. The second one is going to be, I'm going to ask you to pimp yourself out and tell everyone where you are. So have that in mind. But the last question. What was the first? Pimp yourself out. You're going to say where you can find, people can find you. Oh, sure (laughs) thing. Very good at that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, (laughs) Brilliant. And the other question is, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self in with your guidance counselor? Physio, music, physio, music. You're not sure what you're going to do. But Mm. knowing what you know now, what would you tell that girl who just wasn't sure didn't know what she was doing with her life?
1: I would tell the 18 year old Ashton Vaughn that you don't have to have it all figured out. You do not have to know what you want to be or where you're going to be or you know what you're going to work at, or you don't have to have answers at 18. You do not. And I think it's the big thing that the big fault in the system is you know, putting that pressure on young people to know what they're going to be for the rest of their lives at 18 when they're doing a lead insert, um, And I think now more so than ever, people are consistently changing their skills, they're changing their careers. And it's a great sign in someone if they change careers, if they change pathways, because if you are a personality type that wants to be challenged and you get fulfillment and satisfaction from challenging yourself, well, you're going to get maybe bored of a career or bored of a skill you know um and you will have to change in order to get fulfillment or to challenge yourself so that's what i'd say you don't have to, to figure it out trust the process um, trust in faith and take more risks
0: <laughs> that's amazing i love that uh, so good and um, so to wrap it up even though i really don't want to <laughs> I'm loving so much. <laughs> um, great, I know, I know. Um, where can everyone find you? I'll put these all down below as well so you can click on them, but where can everyone find you? Brilliant. The best place that you
1: can find me is um at my local coffee shop. No, <laughs> Instagram. So at coach underscore ashy, A-S-H-Y-V. Coach Ashy V. And, you know, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, they can send me um, a DM or, you know, my whole reason of my Instagram is just to provide value to people and to, I suppose, to educate and help clients that aren't working with me directly. And so there'll be a lot of useful information um, on everything that we've spoken about really on there. And yeah, just go and check it out. Great. Um, Ash,
0: thanks so much. I've learned so much selfishly from this. (laughs) Uh, I really, in a couple of months time, want to have you back on just to purely focus on that first step to working on your mindset. Because I think we could do a whole other hour. Let's do it. Fantastic. Oh
1: yeah, 100%. We'll lock it in. Jess, thanks so much. I really, really enjoyed the chat. And I think it was a great way for me to reflect as well on the last two years. Because I wouldn't have I, I couldn't even remember the steps I took or, you know, the, the journey it's been. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to, the, to do that as well.
0: So there you have it. Coach Ashie B's story from Cork to Galway to Australia, New Zealand and back again. It has been an incredible journey for Ash and she has helped so many women along the way. If you are a woman interested in learning all about a new lifestyle to make sure you do live those extra years longer and are also happier in yourself while doing so, please feel free to reach out to Ash. Her details are below. Or if you just want to have a look at her Instagram as well or reach out to her with any questions from today's show, please do not hesitate to do so. Thank you so, so much for listening. We have one final episode next week in season two, so we're finishing with episode 10 next week. So please do check it out. Thank you very much for listening please like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and I hope you have a wonderful week. It's the last week of January, we can do it. Bye bye!